Welcome to the Holistic Way podcast. I'm your host, Nikki, aka Dominique, founder of the Holistic Way, holistic life coach, and yoga teacher. I hope you'll join me weekly as we discuss holistic approaches, fresh perspectives, and non negotiable self compassion. Understanding is empowering, and self kindness is the new sexy. It is my mission to introduce to you new ways to work with your mind, body, and emotions rather than against them to create long-term results with more ease and fun. Hi, beautiful listeners. I'm excited to be back this week for an episode with my mentor and coach, Nina Oberoi. Nina is a psychic channel, a healer, and a mentor. I have been working with her for the last eight months and I'm excited for this episode. Today is going to be a tiny bit different as Nina and I recorded a conversation we had about neurodiversity and our experience with it. Nina is in the midst of getting diagnosed with ADD and will talk about her journey and experience with it. Me, on the other hand, I haven't been diagnosed and I don't necessarily intend to do so, but a lot of the symptoms hit very close to home. Most importantly, the strategies have been very helpful for me to become more active and get the things done in my business. Without further ado, let's dive right into the discussion with Nina. Like straight away to ask you, Nina, how did you first notice that your brain was wired differently how did you how did it work to get diagnosed yeah um so for me I noticed that things (laughs) were a bit different once I left my corporate nine-to-five job so when I didn't have structure and routine anymore and that was all of a sudden not there And I started my own business. I was like, this is strange. You know, it felt like things were a lot harder than they used to be. So I just noticed that it felt, I guess the best way to describe it, it was, it felt like my life fell apart. I know it sounds very dramatic, but um, it was like when that structure and routine was in place for me in the form of a nine to five, like things work. Even though now looking back, I can see now that I understand it, I can see that the signs were there. But um, that's what really was my like tower moment. I'm like, my life is falling apart. Why are things so hard? Um, And it was really confusing. Um, I was disorganized. I was overwhelmed. I would start things. I wouldn't finish things. And it was just so hard for me to get things done. Because the way that I had been operating my entire life was basically under extreme deadlines, extreme pressure, urgency was like the key. And that was kind of the way I knew how to get things done. And I would get them done beautifully, but I needed that, you know, crazy deadline. And looking back, what's, what's very different now that I have awareness about this was that my motivation was always driven by fear or like situations where there's a risk of feeling ashamed or embarrassed. That was my motivation, like being that high achiever and like doing well. 
yes, there was a desire to do well, but it was so driven by all the wrong reasons, you know? Um, so that was a really interesting thing for me because once that urgency wasn't there and I'm like, okay, I'm working for myself. Like no one's going to kill me. It's not shameful, you know, <laughs> don't get things done. And in the beginning I was like, okay, maybe I'm lazy, you know, going through all of that, you know, those stages of like, denial. <laughs> and then I thought like, maybe I need a productivity hack. And I was like deep diving into all the productivity stuff there was out there and like nothing was working for me. So it was really disheartening. And then I had this really mean inner critic that was telling me that I sucked. <laughs> that was giving me like guilt and shame and it was really tough for me in the beginning, to be honest, because that feeling of guilt was always present. And it felt like when I was back at uni, when I was having feeling guilt for not studying and then like killing myself in the last minute, studying and doing like producing really amazing stuff that when I looked at it afterwards, I'm like, who, who wrote this? You know, this wasn't me. It was like, that was my <laughs> way of operating. And, um, it was hard. So like the anxiety for the first time in my life was real. The overwhelm. Oh my God. Like it would feel like my brain sometimes just didn't want to cooperate with me. So, and I think that the hardest part was feeling that how come I can solve really advanced, like legal problems, but I don't know how to plan or like use a calendar. Like that was really challenging. I love like the idea of planning but then the follow through wouldn't happen. And then it felt like something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a friend of mine who's like, I think she's just turned 40. And she was like, I've just been diagnosed. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> and this idea about like, you know, people like boys usually that are hyperactive and can't sit still that have this. And then I was like, what tell me about your story like what made you think that and then she she told me what her struggles were and how she's been all her life and I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was like hearing the story of my life and even like my weird little quirks that I thought were like cute and charming and unique I'm, like, I'm not unique <laughs> Every year neurodiverse person is the same, you know? So then I started reading up about it and wanted to get help. And I'm still not there yet. It's a very slow process, but um, I guess it's been a long journey of getting to know myself and uh, getting to know myself, how my brain works and learning um, things that I didn't even have before, like self-compassion. I didn't know what that meant. Can you imagine? Like, I remember yeah. my first coaching session with a coach. She said, you're so hard on yourself. And I'm like, what? Doesn't, isn't everyone like this? <laughs> doesn't everyone have that interview girl who tells you that you suck? And she's like, no. And I'm like, and she talked about self-compassion. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what that means. Like one of the superpowers of like, being neurodiverse is that we are super compassionate, not to ourselves, naturally. And mm -hmm. that is really what was present for me. And mm -hmm. I think it really is a journey of getting to know yourself and learning tools and, and like self-acceptance. 
huge thing. Instead of like focusing on what wasn't working, which was which was what I was doing for the longest time. I'm like, I need to get productive. I need to get this. It's kind of like accepting the chaos, you know, and being like, what's working in my chaos? That was a huge mindset shift for me. And what I think is super interesting, and which is why we're both speaking about it today, today's episode was, um, for those of you listening that don't know me, like Dominique is one of my clients. Um, and when we started working together, mm-hmm. uh, you would describe certain struggles and like thought patterns and way you were thinking. And I would be like, well, maybe you can tell yourself. It was a really interesting <laughs> <laughs> observation. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think it started even before that. So I have I haven't been diagnosed with um neurodiversity, but you know, in the age of TikTok, <laughs> um let's just put it out there, I'm on it as well. And you've got all these people that talk about ADHD, ADD, and you're like looking through all the quirks, um, and you're like, oh. I do that as well. I do that as well. I do that as well. And you're like, oh, what's happening there? But yeah, you know, life continues. Don't think about it. And eventually during the session, and I think it was quite early on when we were starting to work together. And I explained what I was struggling with, all these ideas that I had, and I could never get to the end of one. And I cannot focus. And I can easily spend two hours on the couch saying, okay, I'm going to get up. Okay, I'm going to get up. And being just totally paralyzed by my thoughts racing at a million miles an hour, but unable to get up and do something about it. And I remember you introducing the idea in a gentle way (laughs) without saying you have it too. Um, But yeah, just like, telling me that all these things might not just be me as such well they are me but they might be linked to how my brain is wired and I think things unraveled since then because obviously we've been working together but we've talked we've been talking a lot about okay what can we do about it and a lot of the things you say resonate really well. This idea of, oh, I'm so lazy. Like, I can't get up. Like, I can't just get to work. I can't just do the things. And this shame kind of, of, oh, I should be doing things and I should be doing more and I could be doing that. And, and this was very real. And like you, I was very, very hard on myself, very mean and yeah really using mean language towards myself I would never dare to say to anyone else and yeah I think learning that regardless of being diagnosed or not for me was never really the point but feeling understood feeling not alone feeling oh there's a reason why some things are harder for me while at the same time, time others are much easier than for, for someone else. And like you said, like when the 
pressure is here or the urgency in some way or form, mm. I can be the most efficient person on earth and I can do things <laughs> in half the time than someone else. But there is that when that urgency is is missing or this deadline, it's super, super hard to to get going and yeah, that awareness combined with techniques we'll be talking a little bit more um in a moment that actually work mm. for us right um was for me super key and I think it's both is the tools but also the the understanding that brings the compassion because when you understand that it is not just laziness or lack of willpower you know you just need to push through and I was always just like well just get up just do it something about it and I was like I've never well. heard that before <laughs> I was like it's not like I've never told myself that like a million times if I tell you it's not working yeah. it's because it's not working and I also heard for a long time that I was a rather lazy person and I always felt ashamed for it to be labeled as such when it never really, and I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it never really rang true. Yeah, that was the the hardest part because for me, it was like a total cognitive dissonance. I'm like, I am, uh, you know, super, you know, I am a triple Capricorn. So those who know, they know, like I'm (laughs) driven and then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, why is this not working? You know, and then mm-hmm. it was like this idea, this identity that I had of being a certain type of person. And at the same, like really having that Capricorn whip, whipping myself. This is like one of the reasons that a lot of women, especially, because this is why I believe this is super relevant to talk about is that women often are, if they get a diagnosis at all, like it's in their 30s. Mm-hmm in their late 30s because we've been masking this our entire lives we've been masking it trying to be doing neurotypical shit and like (laughs) trying to be uh, (laughs) like everyone else and that can often lead to burnout because and the the really key thing here is that underlying shame and guilt because shame was something Mm -hmm. that was emotion I never really had a relationship with before Mm -hmm. I was like you know, you can feel emotions like anger or sadness, but like shame, no one wants to go there. Because <laughs> nope. that is really an emotion of like, if you feel guilty for something, it's like, I've done something that I feel bad about. But if you feel shame, that is like, there is something wrong with me. And that could be, you know, that inner mean girl, I believe has been built up um, you know, it, an entire lifetime, because yeah. for example, for me an early sign or early sign, it's still there. Like the time blindness, I have no concept of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works. <laughs> it's very fluid. <laughs> and even though I like best intentions, you know, like get started on time to get somewhere, like there was always that lateness. And it was just like, I couldn't explain why it was just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> And then like being shamed for it. Like, why can't you just do this? Why can't you just do this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm. So one big thing that comes along with this brain wiring is perfectionism. And then 
doing a lot of like the mind, like the work I do, like in the Akashic Records with my own beliefs, it was like, if I can't do it perfectly, I won't do it at all, Mm -hmm. which is a very common thing that we have these unreasonably high standards for ourselves. I agree. Um, Yeah. yeah. So we're full of contradiction, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like, so (laughs) two extremes. I love how the conversation we had when we first started working together, you're like, it's like you're in my brain. And I'm like, it's because we have the same. <laughs> We're so alike. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, what was present for both of us, at least, like for me, you know, that emotional roller coaster. Like oh, yeah. Like, and especially it's common for entrepreneurs to be on that emotional roller coaster because you're outside of your comfort zone. But I don't know how it was for you, but for me, it was an emotional shit show. I did not know how to process my emotions because I would always like shove them down with something or the other, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that has been a whole lot of learning, sitting with your feelings and feeling them. What do you say about that? Has that been... Uh, present for you as well like the emotional (laughs) yeah totally that resonates so much and I I still I mean to this day it's something that's very present I could go from being high on happiness and joy and super excited and one thing didn't go according to my idea of perfection yeah Um, and like you said just spiral down into this is not working why am I bothering anyway um I can't do this it's not working and yeah like you said the perfectionist like if I can't do it perfectly might as well yeah. not do it and I think I spent years mm. not creating anything in any sense of the word um, <laughs> I'm, I used to be a very creative person and manual person and I stopped for about 10 years to do anything and yeah it was hard and then something I don't know happens and then you're happy again and it feels like you're a lunatic to other people (laughs) um for you it's just really hard because I mean you obviously all like the high you know feeling good and exciting and awesome and life is super good but the crash is very real and is very hard and yeah, I, I used to be told I'm, you know, very emotional and overreacting and dramatic or whatever. And yeah, like you said, like learning to sit with your emotions, I don't know for you, but I mean, it's not something that was ever taught, not by parents, not by teachers, not by anyone, because just I simply think because no one actually knows or like most people don't know. (laughs) Most people Um, don't know, yeah. (laughs) Most people don't know. So, yeah, it was a a learning to process them in a healthy way without shoving them down but not wallowing in them either. So kind of finding that, okay, we're feeling this. Neutral observer. Let's, yeah, let's Mm -hmm. let it go. And I think it's a key point I use with all of my clients as well um, because I don't know that many people that actually know or have been told that. So it's um, regardless of neurodiverse brains or not, I think it's relevant for anyone. But 
even more so, like you said, for entrepreneurs where, where you know, things can happen in a millisecond <laughs> and um, even more if you think or you are diagnosed with neurodiversity is, is very relevant. Yeah, um, I feel that's the most important tool for anyone, like, because yeah, actually, cause, yeah I, that resonates as well. Like most of my clients are like, what do you mean? What am I feeling? Like, <laughs> I don't feel that. Or like a lot of us can like talk about our feelings, but we don't feel them. And yeah. um, feel that's the like one of the most effective tools that there are because it's really our emotions have such powerful messages that are call it coming from your soul or whatever it is. It's essentially energy that's stuck. Mm-hmm. And when that energy isn't processed, like you can't mindset your way out of that. You can't think your way out of your feelings. You need to mm-hmm. go through them, feel them, depth of your emotions. And the one of the quirks, I guess, is that you were you mentioned it. We're super feely people. We're very passionate. <laughs> Say passionate. <laughs> kind of like all of nothing kind of people. And um, I guess this was also a big thing to actually appreciate what it is that is unique and different about us and like just some of the things that uh and I don't know why it's like I don't know if my reticular activating system is finding all the other neurodiverse peeps now but now it's just like every single person I meet is like oh yeah that I'm also um neurodiverse I'm like what or like just finding out or like started their Mm -hmm. business same kind of journey and it can be a bit of struggle to 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 relearn all these things and yeah. you feel so alone because you think you're the only one <laughs> Truly. struggling with this and like sitting there and uh, being self-critical so I do want to say that like the the quirks that I've seen that are truly magical are like intuitive abilities like people that mm-hmm. are neurodiverse are usually their extrasensory perception is like huge. And that is one of the reasons I actually believe that I am a very skilled psychic channel because rather than receiving messages through one sense, I'm receiving them everywhere, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. The things that were like very natural to us that we don't even see, like I've always been very intuitive, like being able to read the energy of a room or of a person. And I thought that doesn't everyone do this? Um, so that's definitely, I think, the, the the most amazing gift. What would you say are like other superpowers that? I love that. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's the creativity. And I truly believe it's a gift. I've struggled with it for a long time. But is I have so many ideas, so many products I want to create, so many services I want to offer so many restaurants and cafes I want to offer and bookstores or whatever special Mm. concepts and that doesn't only even apply to me but like to I see someone and I'm like oh you could do this and this and this and I truly believe that thanks to um, my brain being wired differently and I think it's a gift like to have this amount of creativity and being able to just create things out of thin air in your mind I believe is truly 
magical. And another thing, and I, I've been aware of that gift for a while now, but I don't think I before linked it to, you know, maybe my brain being, I don't want to say different because I feel all our brains are different. We're just being taught that there's, you know, in school, there's a way to be and there's a way to do things. But I think there's, I think there's more neurodiverse people than there's actually not neurodiverse (laughs) people, but that's another topic. But it's this ability to, in a second, connect the dots. Mm. So whether it was at work and I um, did have, or I still do have a part-time corporate job, people say something to me, oh, you need to do this. And my brain goes like, and I can see the potential risk here and there. And I say, okay, we need to do this as well, but that means we need to do this before. And then we need to do this. And after that, this. And it applies to my business as well. And I think once you know how to harness this, and I think that's something that you taught me in a session as well, is that it can be overwhelming mm. because you're at you're not even at step one. And, and you're, you're thinking three hundred. <laughs> exactly. So it's about learning to master that. But I truly believe it's a gift because we see things clearer and in a way totally different than most people might and whether it's in a traditional nine to five setting with a supervisor or a boss but also for an entrepreneur where you can see things from a totally different angle is a huge gift and I think with all gifts and I wonder what your approach is on that but I always feel gifts become gifts when we learn to master them Mm. and usually before we master them they feel like a curse you know it's like with the emotional part you feel like oh you're just like thrown around by your emotions but once you learn to master (laughs) those yeah (laughs) then you, you start to realize that oh it's actually a huge gift yes and I read somewhere, it was really beautiful way someone wrote that like ADHD should be short for like attention dialed into a higher dimension. Oh, I love I that. Because that, that's exactly how it feels. Um, yeah. Because I think everyone that I know that is wired differently has insane intuitive abilities. Mm-hmm. And the creativity is insane. You know, it's really that big picture thinking which is why I feel that or I feel I know (laughs) it's a fact (laughs) a lot of entrepreneurs have um are neurodiverse Mm -hmm. and one of the great things is actually once we've mastered the struggles or like understood ourselves if you actually look at the way we are we're made to function is following our highest inspiration. So we, we follow our hearts, our passions, mm-hmm. because then we have this amazing ability to hyper-focus and hyper-focus for me. That's like, I forget to eat. I'm like, Oh my God, I've been at this thing for like nine hours and I'm still going, you know, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And that ability to be so passionate and always, I mean, if you learn to work it, as you said, um, and then focus on, following in your highest passion, your highest inspiration all the time. And then find like, what's really important is having a good diet, eating well, eating regularly, 
exercise is the biggest one like that, you know, chasing the dopamine rather than being mm-hmm. on our phones, we should be out in nature, we should be exercising, we should be getting like a good amount of exercise. So if like, if we master these things, like the way we are meant to be is in this amazing state where we're healthy, we're eating well, we're exercising well, we're being out in nature, because it's good for us. It's what our brains need. And really um, allowing that creative flow to just happen in a flow rather than boxing it in and some kind of structure that just doesn't work for us. So it's really when we allow that to, yeah, when we're really tapped into that, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And we're great in crisis situations, by the way, if there is a crisis, (laughs) we are the ones (laughs) that can handle shit when other people can't. So I think that it's really good. And we have our weird quirks are like, yeah, we can be charming and like charismatic. And we're like, we're a mess. We're disorganized, but it's like, okay, how can I become one with my chaos kind of and (laughs) finding what works in the chaos? Because for the longest time I thought I needed to follow certain routines and structures and schedules, and I need to be consistent. And then had this most amazing uh, mindset shift the other day. Like I was speaking to another woman that's also coach and she's like, but you get results, even though you're a hot mess, you're, you're disorganized, <laughs> you wing it. Because I said, I am literally winging my business. You know, I'm winging everything. Like I've been doing my whole life. Like I wing <laughs> things and things go like, <laughs> considerably well and she's like can you not see that that is what's working and I was like oh my god I- <laughs> <laughs> everything that's not working that it was so incredibly obvious that like my winging in my chaos works yeah and finding that and finding your inspiration rather than having like I will have a content schedule because if I write something today and I next week I look at it I'm like no this is boring (laughs) I don't want to do it (laughs) so it's really following your passion following your highest inspiration and really doing things your own way and skipping all the rules I guess and spirit showed it to me in such a beautiful way when I was struggling a lot when my symptoms were at its worst they were it just like back to what you were saying about the, uh, the, the thinking 20 steps ahead, they were showing me like, okay, Nina, this is a neurotypical brain. And then they like showed me a brain and like, this is a problem and like a one dimensional kind of like problem solution. And they're Mm -hmm. like, and here is the neurodiverse brain. (laughs) And then they showed me like 40 steps on top of that. Like, this is the level of high level thinking and high level creativity that's there. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was just very, like, very metaphorically, very beautifully shown. And then they would also showed me, like, when when you feel emotions, let them flow in your body, like, rather than resisting them or rather than, like, feeling bad, like, to kind of break that loop of the mental drama that's going on. So it is really amazing. I'd love to ask you in a minute about, like, tools, but, like, what has helped for me has really been... A number of different things but like working with spirit has been really cool just to like understand they're like this is nothing that is a disorder this is actually something that's very normal it is the world that is you know create you know the structures of like the school system and all of that is not really made for us there's nothing wrong <laughs> and um 
I've actually been like actually to ch- channeling my own brain. I'm like, hello brain, what do you need? And it's telling me what it needs. It wants blueberries and walnuts and coconut water, like telling me what nutrients my brain wants. So that's been like mm-hmm. that's super weird, but I channel my own brain. Um, I love that. To like channel my guide. So I had my Arcturian people come in and they're like, okay, call us in for seven days. We're going to do some activations on your prefrontal cortex because that's where the executive functioning is. And that's what's lacking, I would say, if you're neurodiverse, getting those energetic activations. And it's hilarious. They showed me like how they were sorting my thoughts in different folders <laughs> in my head. Oh. And it was like, oh, this is fun. And just feeling that, um, that that actually helps me as well. Like there are a number of different things, but mm-hmm. there were just two very um, different <laughs> things that just popped into my brain right now. Um, but what would you say works for you? What are your like best tools that you would recommend for anyone else? That thing? Yeah, I think we talked about many things. First is the compassion. And like you said, um, there's no rule. I completely agree. There's stop trying to stick to rules. And what I tell my clients is there's no rule except self-compassion. That's the only non-negotiable rule is be compassionate with yourself. First and foremost, always be your biggest cheerleader. And some tangible um, tools that helped me when the brain is 20, 30, 40 steps ahead (laughs) to just come back to step one. And that's something I learned thanks to you is forget or if you can't write them down but come back to step one because you might worry about what is happening in step 40 but you're at step one or not even and you don't even know if you know you're gonna get or step 40 is really gonna happen the way you think in your head is gonna happen so come back to the first step and trust that you know you will figure things out in whatever time and way you need to and yeah if you can't forget all the steps just write them down put there somewhere on a notepad or on your computer it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. Um, but then just step one that's all you need to know for now that's all you need to take action on at the moment and the other thing that was super super helpful for finding the motivation I always thought that you know motivation is just something that hits you out of nowhere when you're sitting on the couch watching I don't know the 10th uh, episode of I don't know what tv show and it never does because motivation is not that's not how it works um so for me was to set the timer so if I have a day where the motivation is just not there, which happens still, I just set myself a timer and I actually put a timer on my phone. Usually I do 25 minutes and then the goal is just one timer. If I do complete one timer Mm. and then stop working, I'm proud of myself because I did get up and did one timer. And what I notice more times than not is that when I'm actually doing those 25 minutes and get into the flow, I don't stop at 25 minutes. So sometimes I'm like 25 minutes and I'm going overboard and still working. I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this timer. I need to work. Like I'm doing something. 
sometimes I'm doing then three, four, five timers. Sometimes I just continue working without timer. But the motivation comes when you start doing the thing. So that would be one of my biggest yeah, tools, set timers. And I think we talked about this so um, before or during one of our session is it's like with cleaning, just start, just set a timer for 10 minutes and see how far you go. Usually we realize that things are done a lot easier because we can be efficient when we get to work. We just need more time to get to work. Um, kickstart. <laughs> exactly. We need to kickstart. Um, yeah. That's, that's usually what's needed. Yeah, totally. And I think the last thing that was really helpful because the mind is very active and I'm doing something and I get, hit with oh but you need to do this and oh you don't need you need to do that you can't forget you need to call who, who whoever that I always now have a piece of paper next to me so I'm doing my work I'm setting my timer and when a thought comes in that I'm scared to forget because it's something I need to do just write it down and then I know it's taken care of in a sense that when the timer is done or I finish my task I've got my notepad there with, okay, remember you need to call your grandma because yeah. it's a today. <laughs> so that has been very helpful to not be distracted by all these thoughts and, and ideas that come in. So literally just put it down in words. And that's been really life-changing, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And um, especially the timer because my best tip for everything is like, back to that we were very driven by things that give us joy, our highest inspiration, interesting. Um, everything that feels like a struggle, <laughs> I think the best question to ask is how can I make this fun? Mm. How can I make this fun? Because neurodiverse people are all about fun, super fun to be around with. And this makes life so much more fun. Like ditch the seriousness. If you're doing something boring, like, when I clean, I love to put on my favorite music and dance. And then I put the timer on as well, because as there's no concept of time, I was shocked. I'm like, you know, when your kitchen's a mess and I'm like, that is going to take me two hours. Like, I, I literally believe it's going to take me two hours to clean it. And then I set the timer for 15 minutes and I'm done in 10. I'm like, what? How is that even possible? So it's like, and the timer gives that uh, sense of uh, challenge because we're driven by challenges as well. Mm -hmm. So competition, for example, make a fun, uh, make it to competition with a friend, for example, because then you will get things done. Like if it's a challenge, if it's something new. So if it's something you've been doing the same way, switch it up, you know, do it in a completely weird, uh, you know, new way um, because that will be interesting. So everything that you do is that bringing that element of fun yeah. how can I make this fun if this was a game could I turn this into a game I think I sent you some app the other day of like a to-do that's actually like kind of these like video games where you get like coins yeah. and you get all these things <laughs> <laughs> and um having those visuals as well because that 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 kicks that dopamine you know gets that dopamine mm -hmm. rush going and 
ask for help. Oh my God. Like ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. You're not alone. And like, you're not the only person in the world struggling with this and things you don't like to do, especially if you're an entrepreneur outsource that. Like if it's something that doesn't bring you joy, ditch the rest if you can. And I think my best tip would be like figuring out what your natural talents and soul gifts are, what your soul purpose is and follow that because that will give you energy. That will give you hyper-focus. That is when everything will feel like fun and play. And that's what we need to thrive. You know, it's, it really is. Cause what I do in my work a lot is like what I'm doing in my free time. You know, it's all the stuff that interests me and that's what really is the greatest gift, I believe. But other than the things I've mentioned already with like, you mentioned the self-compassion, working with your emotions, processing them, diet, sleep routines, like in a way that works for you, uh, mm-hmm. doing what brings you joy. Yeah, Dominique, <laughs> you're a yoga uh, teacher as well. So like we, we have discussed a little bit about like regulating the nervous system as well. Is there anything that any helpful tip that you have there that you can share? I think just in general, regulating the nervous system is, I mean, in regards of neurodiversity, but like also as an entrepreneur, um, when things get so uncertain, Mm. which they do, I mean, we do something that maybe not a lot of people have done, either in the way we do them or the things we do. So really making sure that you regulate the nervous system with breathing exercises, um, singing exercises, some kind of movement, shaking um, will always be beneficial. And it just reminds me of also that emotional state that, you know, like we discussed, you you, you get into quite easily um, to literally just shake it out, like just to shake it out of your nervous system like a dog would do. Um, this is actually something very interesting animals do that naturally when they get an excess of energy or some kind of response that is a little bit too much for the nervous system they just shake their whole body and they just shake it off and it's something we can apply as well as humans it's maybe a bit weird if you do it in the middle of the office but I always (laughs) say just go to the toilet you know no one's going to hear you shaking your body just shake it out and um, you'll feel totally different and, you know, might be able to attack the next task with a little bit more calm and serenity. So, yeah, I think that would be one of my um, advices as well. Yeah, we're literally wired to take care of ourselves. And I think that's <laughs> that's really good because I noticed that my productivity is, uh, it makes a world of a difference if I train, if it like Thai boxing, like in the morning, like hard training. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, everything's just easy and flowing because that dopamine rush mm-hmm. is there. So it's really self-care, you know, prioritize it. We're wired for this. We're wired for taking yeah. care of ourselves. Take care of your brain. Like when you get into that mode, when like things are just not working, pushing through (laughs) is not the key. And that is what leads to to burnout, which is so very common. So Mm -hmm. believe these tools are super helpful. 
in, in anything, just like a short practice. Like if you're going to do a creative task, 10 minutes of dancing just before you do that to get into that flowy kind of state because transitioning between different kinds of states and uh, tasks, like what we're used to at like a corporate job, for example, we need to ease a little bit on those like transitions and make them kind of nice and kind of just swoop in with a different energy. So yeah, I think that was a whole bunch of great tools and recommendations that we have. Absolutely. Reframe is focus on what does works, even in the chaos, even in the emotional roller coaster, even in the drama, like focus on what's working and what makes you unique and what your own superpowers are because they're amazing. I totally agree. Thank you so, so much for this amazing chat. Even though, I mean, we've chatted about this before. It was so interesting. Um, and I hope that the listeners got a lot of information and understanding for themselves. I hope so too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, beautiful soul, for being here with me this week. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at uniquely.nikki. And if you have any questions, feedback, or subject you would love to hear me talk about in a future episode, please email me at info at nikki.co. See you next time.